Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Down in Front. This week we're going to be talking about film gear and the stuff we have, the stuff we like, the stuff we endorse, and the experiences we've had with it. This is a episode for gearheads that was requested by Pastor MacMan in the forum. Like a year ago. Or, a, or aspiring gearheads. <laughs> oh, come on, Mike. I was about to make a point about how you should actually go to the forum and request stuff because we'll actually do it and you're all yeah, you eventually. Have to shit on my parade. Sorry. But we're going to be talking about gear in this episode. So if you're not into the tech stuff and we're talking about filmmaking tech, uh, this probably isn't an episode for you. My name, as always, is T. Christie, and I'm sitting here next to Ryan Weber. Hello. Michael Dorkman Scott. Yeah, hello. And Trey the Amazing Stoke. What up? So we're talking about film gear here, and uh, I'm actually the outlier because all the equipment that I have is uh, recording gear. I have these mics and the mic stands and all that, which has mostly been paid for by the donations when they when they eke in. Speaking of donations, <laughs> see, I'm just trying to <laughs> get all of our well so trying to get all of our product placement in. <laughs> But I actually, the last camera that I owned was a Canon XL1S, and I still have it. It's falling apart, uh, but I haven't used it in ages. I'm actually not that much for uh, for physically making stuff. Usually when I'm making something, it's either on a computer or on a piano. Um, so I'm not really the guy to ask. Ryan, what kind of stuff do you have? I mean, you've been lately getting into uh, cinematography and really diving deep into all that stuff. Well, I do I do think what you just touched on is, is interesting, kind of delving into the past for just a moment to talk about, <laughs> to me, take a moment to appreciate the, the different landscape and gear that you oh, can yeah. get now as yeah. an indie filmmaker versus, you know, when, when I was a kid. Um, be, uh, your XL1S. <laughs> and I'll take a turn. Mike took a, well, yeah, sure. <laughs> and, uh, and Mike got the European XL1 version. Just because, for the 25. Just because there's yep. 25 frames a second, you can kind of just reinterpolate that at 24 and be closer to, uh, to film. And, uh, boy, the hacks we would yeah. try to do to make something it's that so looks close. cinematic. Uh, is is outstanding, but now um, and I'm, then we uh, had to put you know, shit on the front of the lens to put a proper yeah, lens on it. Thirty five adapters yeah. and all that kind of good stuff. So uh, so that's that's interesting, and I don't know. We can get into that or not, whatever we feel like doing. But um, uh, for my part, at least where I'm at right now is uh, I've been working steadily, got a little bit of money, and so I'm able to actually sort of invest in having my own uh, little you know cinema package. Uh, and um, you know, what does I, that I would, entail? What do you um, got? Well, we we should. We should want to summaries first. Uh, okay, um, I guess. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm so I'm a. Uh, I've got a red scarlet at this point, and a and a number of accessories that I would think put me at sort of a a respectable but not high end um, package uh, as far as that goes. I've got kind of my my whole thing is sort of like the cheaper but just about as good version of for pretty much everything I have. Um, uh, yeah, lots and, of lights uh, and stuff too. Yeah, I got some some C stands and some stuff. The whole the whole let's, bit. Let's let's yeah, finish going around the room and then we'll really get into adds up. Yeah, Mike, well, what what is your current setup gear wise? You used to have a red. I did have a red, and then um, I sold it, and then I had a scarlet, and then I sold it because I went, wait, why? Because because <laughs> Ryan has a scarlet, and I know a couple other people with scarlets, and it's like, why in the hell am I going to have my own camera sitting around when Mike's the smart here? one? So um, so yeah, I actually currently do not really have any of my own gear right now but i'm still trying to keep up with what's going on in, in in the industry and keep aware of it because you need to know that kind of stuff um even if you're not necessarily going to own, own it. it but yeah but at the at the moment uh the, the gear i just invested in for me was finally putting together a new uh a new desktop to actually work with footage once it is shot by somebody's camera and and put it together into a finished product Trey, you must have a bunch of stuff lying around. I do, I do. I, I'm, I'm, I'm one step behind in terms of uh, image quality because um, currently my my camera that I possess is a 
is the Panasonic HD 24P camera, mm -hmm. which was the you know kind of the go-to a couple of years ago before the Red really. Came. Are you talking about the HVX 200? Yeah, or a different one. Okay. Yeah. So and that's a, you know that's a good all-around camera. It shoots high def. It shoots you know it even shoots. That's what we shot Ryan versus Dorkman too. Exactly. Those it'll, who are, it's, it'll even yeah. shoot it in SD if you want to downgrade all the way back to those ancient days, um, which came up because we used it to uh, to shoot the the final bits of uh, Pink Five just a couple weekends ago, and there was a question of well we can shoot in high def now even though. The rest of Pink Five was not high def because uh, yeah. you couldn't get high def. What we six were years ago, it. so it's like, well, we can shoot high def now, but then will it match or not? You know, so it's like, should we actually take a take a HD camera, but actually crank the knob all the way down to SD to shoot with for this thing or whatever? So, so that was kind of an interesting uh, quandary to be in. So I have um, I have that as a camera, which is a great, you know. At least HD is a standard. It's very it's, good. HD is yeah. great. You know, HD is obviously what most of us go on. If you want to, you know, project on at the Cinerama Dome, you're going to want the red. But you know, HD is is awfully good. Um, and uh, what I do have that still is worth having is um, I did back when I was was acquiring more gear. Um, I acquired quite a bit of audio gear. Um, so I have, I think I've got like six wireless mics and and two shotguns oh no and, shit yeah and i didn't realize uh, you had all the audio stuff yeah i've got you know, lots of cables and plugs and connectors and and all that kind of stuff um a lot of that stuff um i still have and uh, that's that's useful because that that hasn't like gone away in terms of well you, no one uses these anymore you know those are still current you can record sound dude you plug them into whatever camera you happen to be using now so so i have a you know a I still have a, a you know, and I have several tripods, and and I have a crane. My crane gets a lot of a lot of use. In fact, I just rented mm -hmm. my rented my crane out to Laura Beth, our DP, who is you know, like an eight foot crane or something. Right? Yeah, it's a bit of it's like twelve feet long when you assemble the whole thing, and you, you know, you put it on a tripod, it can go get fourteen feet in the air, and you know, it's it's amazing how much a crane a crane and a dolly is what makes something look uber professional for sure. When you have camera moves going on, um, that's when things oh that, that that looks slick all of a sudden because. For one thing, it takes longer to set up. <laughs> so if you, if you have more money, you have more time, and then you have time to do things like crane shots and dolly shots. So, um, and I have a lot of homemade weird wacky gear. I have a homemade kind of pseudo steady cam rig that I made, and I have a homemade you know car mounts, and I have homemade you know hood mounts and all those kind of crazy things that I was doing. Stuff that you make because you need it, and then you have it exactly, now. and then and then I have it, you know. So I've got that, and uh, of course, I have all that right when I kind of stopped making my own films on a regular basis but uh but it was great to pull all that stuff out to do to shoot Pink five with again and uh, kind of put me in the mood of i should i should probably start using this stuff more because you know this it's it's really fun to just be able to plunk a camera down and and, and do stuff i mean you guys have you guys have been doing a yeah, side yeah, project recently that i'm not involved in fine but um <laughs> but that's you know that's i missed that in fact when we were shooting Pink five you know we we, we were doing the Pink five final episode which of course is this huge grandiose you know every shot's an effect shot and it's 20 minutes long and god help me but we got to talking while we were making that and while we were on that set talking about missing the old days which is how pink five began where you know pink five was just i got a camera and we got a couple of hours let's just make a thing and kind of bust it out and and i, I really made me long to like yeah there's do been, that again in, and, the, in this uh, group of people there's been sort of a global switch back to that because we've all spent the last five or six years all like everyone is on like the same sync cycle on this one. We all spent the last five or six years kind of getting the careers to where they are healthy again and sort of set behind the, let's make a short film, let's make a this, let's make a that, let's do this. We have writing projects, we have effects projects, but making shit, which is where we all started, has sort of 
fallen by the wayside and everyone has sort of gotten back in the mood of wanting to do shit again at the same time i didn't i didn't think you'd want to hang out with like idiot kids till four in the morning <laughs> that's why that's just why i didn't mention it if you want to i'll totally if you, if you want the old dude hanging around yeah then, no uh, the invitation should be no, assumed I open at all. yeah I'll i missed totally, that i missed that totally and, uh, i'll totally put you on the invite next i time. mean in fact uh, you know we oh, i was gonna say you know we, we obviously the kickstarter program was about the doing the, the final chapter which is what we're currently involved heavily in doing um but we also said we would make a prequel episode and, uh, you know, God help me, you know, <laughs> what was I thinking? But um, you know, I have an idea for a prequel episode, but I actually was talking, you know, on that weekend we were shooting, we we're talking about that the prequel episode isn't going to be like another huge grandiose thing. It's, it's, I want to be another pink much fun. more garage bandy, you know, it'll be fun and entertaining and all that we hope, but it's not going to be another gigantic epic, obviously, because who, who wants another one of those in their life? Not me. But uh, we actually, we're talking about, we're going to load up a van. We're going to get, you know, cast and a tiny crew and we're going to go out and you know spend a weekend like gunning and running and, and making a short get that done and that'll be and that's the prequel so I'm, I'm actually looking forward to that but i can't let myself really think about that till i deliver the final one ryan you got when did you buy your red you got it a year uh, i pre-ordered it as soon as it was announced basically i mean as soon as i could um because the scarlet the scarlet yeah that's right um i had always been sort of like you know keeping up with all the new stuff and um i had uh, i had the hvx 200 as well which is totally a cool camera that's what trey was just talking about the one that can do hd but it can also do a lot of really neat things like um variable frame rates and yes. do things at like 22 frames a second or 60 or i think you can do 60 at uh, in hd which is really yeah. was which, really a cool deal was, progressive not interlaced yeah. either yeah and um and so uh four audio channels it's it's a good yeah. camera no it's really cool it was yeah it was it was a it was a big deal at the time and um, yeah for, actually and Still, for, for a while, yeah. even when even when I got the red, we'd have the HVX and we would be running sound to that because yeah. it ha does such a great job of recording. It's much better sound. on sound. We shot, that's yeah. what, we shot Arc on the HVX, which was state of the art at the time. Red was red was round, but it wasn't like a, a standard. Really, it was like sort of a you know vaporware still to a lot of people. Yeah, um, the HVX we shot Arc on, and uh, you know I just really shortly just kept the camera afterwards. <laughs> um, <laughs> when companies go out of business, uh, they don't, uh, you know, check to see who signed out the gear last. Apparently, it's crazy. Wow! So uh, okay. there, there you go. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a, it's still. I mean, it's going to be a while, I think, before something's going to come along to replace the HVX. Into I mean, there's mm -hmm. other HD cameras, but you know, as yeah, long there, as it works, it's there, it's still the standard. Yeah, there are other there are other ones, um, and uh, it uh, Panasonic actually sort of the the. Um, to I think the intention was to replace the HVX 200 was the AF 100, which is also one that I got sort of right when it came out. And it's kind of its big features um, are that it's interchangeable lens camera, um, but it's at its core kind of like a DSLR in that it's it's a rolling shutter and um, it's uh, that's a micro four thirds um, camera. Which what, the, wasn't it supposed to have a better rolling shutter than a DSLR? Yeah, it was like its main selling point. Yeah, it was it was claimed to have done better. Um, it, it wouldn't do. Um, uh, the aliasing sort of problems that you get in like the 5D, you know, if you had very, very sharp edges or brick walls or patterns or, you know, things like that, you kind of get stair-stippy things or moray and stuff like that. And so this is supposed to have optical stuff that kind of knocks that back and makes that better. It's supposed to have better rolling shutter. And all those things are true, but they're still, you know, noticeable in a lot of the kind of everyday type of situations that you might get in. Not severely and obviously not anywhere as bad as the 5D, but um, respectable, and that kind of won me over just in terms of what it was claimed to be, and so I went and, and got one, and it, it was actually very nice. It's actually very good low light as well. 
Um, and so if it's, if you find it available at the same price point as like an HVX, I might recommend it above that, especially if you have lenses, that's a whole other question. And that's a new yeah. thing for when you're getting started and you're kind of looking for what to get, you have to, you know, consider that as well. How did the decision process go when you were getting the Scarlet? Did you ever consider getting like a 7D or anything like that? I mean, did you ever consider going with a DSLR camera? No, not personally. Um, I mean, the 5D is 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 amazing, um, and you can do all kinds of great stuff with it. And I get a lot of emails from um, from younger folks who are kind of like, "I'm just trying to get into this. I'm right at the beginning. I don't have anything, and I want to know what's 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 the smartest thing I can do with my money to get something that I can try to shoot films on, or movies, or fan films, or whatever." And um, when you're in that low price point, I pretty much always just recommend get yourself a 5D or a 7D. You know, there's no faster yeah. way to something where you can actually have some nice nice depth of field. You can be shooting in 24. You can, you know, get whatever kind of shots you want as long as you get the lenses for it. And, you know, a fine zoom lens will will get you there. It's not it's not perfect and it's not ideal, but you can go a long way with those. I mean, I think Sad Max had... was on a 7D, which isn't any major statement because there's nothing to see in that movie. <laughs> yeah, but you could have shot it on an iPhone. Could have shot that on anything. I actually literally considered shooting it on a webcam to be more Authentic in line, in, in the, line with yeah. the thing. But I was like, you know what? People will go with it. Let's not. Mm-hmm. let's 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 go ahead and actually do this properly yeah. so i so i do i do to, to to finish that point like i do recommend it heavily especially if if you're in a certain price point but for me i was not looking at it with that sort of that criteria i was looking at what's i'm 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 interested in getting as close to i can to a, a movie and the scarlet is the first thing that just sort of it took red which was like very enticing and exciting and then dropped it down into you know pushing the ceiling of the price point that i might be able to consider and i said okay that's it you've done it you know, yeah, a scarlet is pretty much literally a red one in a in a much smarter and and more manageable form factor. So exactly, that's a huge part of it too. Which for me, um, there's a there's a huge element of the form factor in terms of the red one is a beast. That yeah. thing yes. is a giant yes. bastard of a camera. You know, when we shot we shot <laughs> my first experience with the red. I've never actually handled a red or owned a red, but I, you know, my first experience even using a red for anything was uh, 2010 Moby Dick for the Asylum because they shoot on the red. And uh, so it was the first time I'd ever dealt with a project that used a red. And uh, and I was like, well, okay, you know, the image quality is awesome and all that stuff. But it's like, that thing is bigger than 35 millimeter cameras yeah. that I've used on projects. And it was like, that, that thing is, I mean, it's like, especially because it's so angular and has like shit shooting off in all different directions and, you know, points. On, it's like. Yeah, it's like a it's like some, it's like a satellite. It's like something that fell from space <laughs> that you have to like point it. You know, once the, it's all decked out, yeah, and everything. Where's yeah. the lens on this thing? Oh, that's I guess that's this is the lens on the front. This is the front. Okay, I guess that's the front of it. Okay, fine. Because <laughs> once it's covered with all the all the gear that makes it, you know, movie quality, it's like damn, that thing is huge. And, and and requires just as many humans to hover over it and lay hands on it and you know and touch it as 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 thirty five used to. Mm-hmm. So so it's like other than the fact that you are literally eliminating the filmic process of having to deal with physical film it's it's really back to 35 in terms of your workflow on set it's just people's Mm. jobs are slightly different so yeah i was amazed by like wow this is you know yes this is in many ways it's an an improvement over physical film but in other ways we've just basically just ballooned this process to the point where it's the equivalent of physical film as far as on set right and having to use it which was kind of interesting revelation i thought you know, I thought I thought it would be handier and easier to use, and it's like our camera, our DP slash uh, camera operator uh, Alex is amazing. DP um, is a huge strapping fireman of a guy, and he'd have to put this thing on his shoulder, and you know, oh, it's murder. He it's, would just it's awful. It was like yeah. no one else could even do it. It's tough. Yeah. So, so that was kind of an interesting revelation about the red. But there's no denying, obviously, that what you get. You know your image right. is is stunning, but uh, so once that gets that gets 
crammed into yeah, an so you're saying now there's that but smaller exactly now i'm getting interested there you go okay <laughs> yeah and that and that was that was my process which is just yeah. like you know i mike was uh, an early adopter on red and so uh you know we had the experience to shoot with that and stuff and it's yeah it's a big camera even when it's very very lightweight you know decked Stripped out down yeah. and um but you know it's not for me the sort of the main criteria is can you take the camera and just hold it in your hands and get a shot you want. Can yes. you hold it over your head and look down at something? Can you hold it near the ground and walk around with it? And it's like, you you no. really can't do that with a yeah, red one. Yeah, you really can't. You really can't. It's like, and look so, at a Panavision camera around. Yeah, the nice thing about the Scarlet or the Epic um, is that it is small enough that even with, you know, a, a, a fairly normal amount of stuff bolted onto it, um, you can just sort of run and gun and get those kinds of shots that you want, which is very important now, to me. And just to, not, not to date the podcast or anything, mm -hmm. but, uh, you know, just talking about Scarlet, there's a, how old is this podcast talking about the Scarlet? Right. My dad had a Scarlet. Um, what is the price point of a Scarlet? What do they go for? Uh, I believe they just dropped the prices. Um, they did just drop the price to, I think, just under 10 for like an actual... Or I don't know if they dropped the price on the Scarlet because that was pretty low, but they dropped the prices on the Epics significantly. Okay. Is it, what what so. is the difference between the Scarlet and the Epic? Uh, the Epic, like the Epic is, is a... Is the Epic also a red? The Epic is also a red. Okay. They have the same form factor. Um, it's got it's got uh, some more features to it. Like it can actually shoot in 5K. Um, whereas the the Scarlet, the Scarlet five K here we go. Yeah, the Scarlet can shoot in at five K resolution, but only at twelve frames per second. The Epic can shoot at five K resolution at up to ninety six frames per second, and it can shoot in five K with the HDRX mode, which is basically shooting two streams of video at once. One, what one more? Uh, you so you know, get both stops of it. One exposed, yeah, higher than the other, oh so God. that you and then it kind of blends <laughs> it together, so you can get that. The the Scarlet does have HDRX in it, but it's more limited. You have to be at a smaller resolution. You have to be at smaller resolution, smaller file size. Yeah. Did you say the, the Epic can run at 5K at 90 frames per second while recording two streams of video? I don't know if it can. Not do, all of those things. At not once. all of those things at once. Oh, okay. But it can do five. It can not do yet. 5K. <laughs> H, I believe it can do 5K HDRX and it can do 5K 96 frames per second. I don't. It can't do both at once. The the real the difference, the difference between the two is really that they're mostly the same thing. They're superficial same case, right? things. No, that's actually a little different, and it's a little lamer on the Scarlet, which I think is mainly just to get you to want to have a cooler-looking camera. <laughs> but the, the, the only real significant difference in the hardware of them is that the, the chips are the ones that were, were epic chips that didn't quite make the cut, and so they go into the Scarlet. And that they're still fully capable of doing all kinds of great stuff, but you can't quite run them as hot as you could on the epics and so it's basically they put a governor on the epic chips you have you have the same <laughs> sensor acquiring the same images through all the same architecture except it just can't lay down as much data as fast as the epic can yeah not reliably so, basically, not reli yeah, basically right. they're like here's here's the cap where we know it will work reliably but if we want to put that in an epic it's got to be way up here and that's not going to work so yeah. rather than just throwing it out they went well how about that's the max feature set of a different camera and we, and just, we don't have to throw all these away we don't have to throw all these away <laughs> mike so. were you not happy with your red one i was i was pretty happy with it yeah i mean it was just at that point it was just a financial thing it's like well i'm sitting on what could be 14 grand if i sell this um, thing off basically yeah it was it was kind of well i'm not because the, the scarlets and epics and stuff were around it's like the the form factor is really unwieldy and stuff like that, and I'm I've I, I was never particularly a fan of that. Although I was a fan of you know the images and stuff like that, but you know the the form factor wasn't great, and the uh, you know it, it's not going to rent anymore because the the market yeah. has just been flooded with scarlets, and so and and at the time I was I was picking up a scarlet as well, 
Um, and so it didn't make <laughs> How sense. How long did you have the scarlet? About probably about a month. Oh my god! Before man. I realized, wait a second, <laughs> this is retarded. And so I I had already sold off my red, and then I I found someone who wanted a, a scarlet because the scarlets were already back ordered. So I I actually. Um, was able to to pretty much get back what you I flipped paid for. a scarlet. Yeah, basically. <laughs> nice. So, um, so that's how that went. And and not that there was, there there was nothing wrong with either camera. And I I, you know, we've we've shot several things on the scarlet and the the red because Brandon is the one who bought the red from me. So uh, I still most most recently recently we shot something with both cameras on yeah. the same setups at the same time, and um, you know it intercuts yeah. completely seamlessly. It, of course, it looks great. I'm still I'm still very happy that those cameras exist, and very happy to to have access to them, have access to them, and to use them. But it didn't make sense to me anymore to particularly own them necessarily it's, for what for for what i'm doing right seems like the equivalent of you know owning a jet ski that you leave in the garage yeah exactly for, you know 364 days of the year it's like well, yeah. maybe you should just rent that yeah mm -hmm. so so well i guess ryan is the one who actually do you do you get your money's worth out of a scarlet well or? that's 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 an interesting question and the answer would be yes if i were actually renting it out which was always my intent but you know it's a it's a dangerous thing because i'm kind of like well well, I didn't get the side handle because I'm like, okay, I'm going to actually do, go to like a V-mount battery type, which is, you know, sort of a bigger, beefier, kind of more standardized battery type that already exists. You can run longer with it as opposed to the red thing. And so I'm like, okay, well, I, I can't rent it out until I have that. And so I have that. And I'm like, but no one would do this without like a shoulder thing. And then it's like, you give a mouse a cookie sort of thing <laughs> where it's just like now I'm here, you know, 10 grand later and I've got a package and I'm like, well, I guess I could rent it out now. But I'm, I'm having it repaired at the moment. Um, but once I get it back, I think I'm going to more deliberately and um, try to get it rented out as far as sort of getting value and worth out of it the problem was is i just wasn't shooting a lot with it you know when i first got it i did a lot of uh tests because i was very in, you know interested in shooting green screen and all that kind of thing and um and it's it's been great everything i've thrown at it really i've learned a lot about it i think there's definitely a learning curve that there isn't with a lot of other cameras especially if you're new to, to the red workflow um, but I wasn't shooting a lot with it. And so it's been nice in the last few months that we've all kind of deliberately gotten together and said, Hey, we should make things, just things, just get together and do stuff. And, uh, and that's been extremely rewarding because I'm finally actually, you know, putting it into practice and, and I'm shooting and, uh, and, you know, learning a lot about it and what gear is actually useful on a set and which isn't and kind of starting to actually go through experiences and learn about what's, what's working and what's not. I'll ask you guys this on the subject of gear and sets in general. What is the, the you got a, You got a camera, you got some lights, and you got mics, you're fine. What is the one piece of like, oh, I want that. I want one of those. That would make my life so much easier. What comes to mind? Once, you've had, once you literally have the ability to record video and audio and put photons on it, <laughs> what's the next thing where you're like, you know, it would be really nice. You know, it's, it's asking a lot. Would it be like a crane? Would it be a dolly? Would it be a Western dolly? Well, I mean, what, for, for would, me, would it be a nice dat recorder or me, something? There's always there's always another one of those right around the corner of yeah. whatever the the last thing is you bought. And for a while they seem almost mandatory. Like you have a 15 millimeter rails and and a, and a whole thing so you can get it on your shoulder. Okay, right. that's great. Now, oh, but you need you really need to follow focus so you don't have to be reaching up on the lenses and, and you know things like that. And it's like okay, well you you also kind of really need a matte box if you're going to go outside. You don't get these flare. You know, and it, it you just, need a monitor. NDs. You need a monitor. We, we need, you, you need ND filters. If we start going outside. You know? Yeah. Well, but I was going to say monitor. Like, I was going to say the next thing that we're going to want. 
ticket the items. Yeah. yeah, that was yeah. the thing on yeah. Pink Five. We're like, do we still have a monitor for this thing? Do we, do we even have an HD monitor without we'll putting an SD? Because do we have to get an HD monitor? You know, we we didn't even know with this camera. Right, right. So what about uh, what had what about like a nice crane or something like a dolly? That yeah, kind yeah. of thing. I find the crane. I get great. a lot. I'm I, I bought the crane years ago, and I've I've gotten a lot of mileage out of it. It's uh, mm-hmm. it's a very simple rig, and I actually did some customizing to myself. But boy, it immediately take something to the next level that's that's been like i said my you know dp laura beth for more she she said can i borrow you rent that crane even... from you next weekend because she was shooting out an epic and the crane is this crane is like i bought it like six years ago so it's meant to hold like a you know a sony dv camera right and then we like put the hdv <laughs> camera it would never hold a red but she was like I, I, do you think it would hold an epic and i'm like i don't even i've never seen an epic in the wild i don't even know what that looks like um but she's like, like a baby's toy yeah she was like i think so so therefore but she reported back my crane can hold an epic uh, so there, there you, you go. go. So nice. uh, uh, yeah. What are you gonna name it? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's totally epic, dude. But um, yeah, just you to, can even use the crane as a dolly a little bit. You, you, know? you can totally use it as a, as a dolly. You well, you can put it on a dolly. And... I have a whole rig that I built also of my own with little roller skates and the whole thing, and you know rails that I set up, and you you can dolly and crane, and and yeah, you can do some amazing stuff with that. And uh, it really frees you up a lot. In fact, once you've got the camera on the crane, you can just kind of like pretend it's a tripod and just right. kind of swing it over this way, swing it over that way and, and do whatever. So that's, that's a, that's a huge step forward, I think. And a, a dolly rig is, is also, I mean, obviously now you're talking about very large things and you got the size of vehicle you have to yeah. travel around. Um, I find that the slipperiest slope is lighting because of course you can never have there is no such thing as uh, having too many movie lights when you want to yeah. try and do anything whatsoever. Sure. And, and the gear that goes with it, all the stands and the flags and the, you know, all that. I mean that's a you know, that's and that's a huge huge thing yeah and, and that's that, really one of the things that makes the thing look professional. I mean you can you can have a you you have a scarlet and you can shoot in a living room and get that you know good grainy you know grungy look. But if you want to be professional, you, you're still stuck with having you've to have light the damn thing. You've got to have a that's a grip never have enough lights and C stands. Yeah. That's exactly the sort of twist ending to this uh, podcast that I was yes, going to bring up, which yes. is like this is all well and good, yeah. but uh, really the real secret is is lighting. Yeah, and yeah. that's what I've gradually come to, yeah. to realize. I have movie quality gear, and I can still make something that I could have shot on an iPhone because exactly I don't right. have a grip truck full yeah. of lighting. And gear. If, and and converse to that. If you light it really well, you can shoot it on an iPhone yeah. and get away with some pretty no nice yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Or 70 or whatever. In the chat, yeah. they're asking, uh, where do you get a crane? Where'd you, where'd you get yours? Did you I got it. I, I'm, I, Laura Beth was asking me. Like, like B&H you know, Photo or something? Literally, it was, I got it off a, a site of, I think there are literally people that are, that this is what they do. They make these and I just happened to see it or someone had recommended it. Um, I was looking at it. Uh, I don't have it right now because Laura Beth still has it. But uh, I was looking at trying to find if there was a, like a label on it or something because I literally bought it off off the internet. Um, they were selling them on eBay. They had like different sizes. They made some other bits and pieces of gear, like their own kind of Steadicam rig. And it was just an independent company. Um, was that in like the two, three grand range for what was, you got? No, it was like three hundred dollars. Are you shitting yeah, me? It was like it, they it, do have some real cheap ones. Yeah, because yeah. uh, huh. you have to put it on a tripod, right? Of your, of right, your right. own. It's a, it's, an it's, arm. it's only just a piece of it's 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 a cable and a piece of metal. But uh, you know, it's a pretty simple rig. But um, once I tricked it out, I want to say it's called. It's, it was called a smart crane. Uh, like try that. That sounds like a thing. Smartcrane.com yeah. or something like that. It's it's extremely simple. It's literally a metal, a rod, a long you know metal bar, and it's got it's got a cable rig where if you 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 mount it to the head of the tripod, so when you tilt the tripod control, just like you would if the camera was on the tripod, it translates that out to the head of the 
crane. So you can't pan, but you can tilt. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you can go up, but you can also counter pan, counter tilt back down. So you can stay locked on Nifty. something. Um, I just gotten it. You can tell too. I just just gotten it like the week before we shot Woody Burns. Mm -hmm. And you see, and there's, a, there's a great shot of that. There's, there, well, there's the, the whole thing is shot on the crane. Yeah, <laughs> everything is crane shots. We're doing sweeping over, pan around over the top. We're doing highs and lows. You know, we're doing deep and and you, know, you can see it. We used it in Pink Five as well. You can just see it a couple times in Pink you, Five. You're probably referring to Smart Rig, Smart Rig crane. Could could be that. Ah. Could be that. But um, I'd have we'll to show the picture. Is it? Nope. Oh. No, no, no. We have this is for like building stuff. Oh, I honestly, I but the answer to the question is, I honestly don't remember. I literally bought it off. It was just a group of uh, company offline. It was felt like it was kind of a mom and pop kind of organization that you know these guys had just a workshop. You know, same way like Ryan builds sabers. You know, he's got the technology <laughs> to make these, and you know, he's got enough metal technology to make a metal thing that he that he sells so um joe colomban in the in the chat is is asking uh the difference between a crane and a jib and i think you're you're talking about a jib essentially. technically yes it's a jib you're right yeah. the, the more accurate name is a, is a jib what, yeah. is, what is it what is the difference a jib is a baby is like a pony to a horse like there's the jib and there's the crane like crane is yeah. a big if you if you want to if you want to go is... online and look for something affordable that can get a camera up to 12 feet in the air. Ported jib. Look for a jib. Try ported jib. I was just looking that one up. Then that's that's the bigger, that's the fancier one, yeah. I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Ported jib. So porta, yeah. porta, P-O-R-T-A dash J-I-B. There you go. Um, the one I have is, is this, is there's one that has uh, the one on the front page that Michael was just showing me is has a parallelogram rig. Um, the one I got is the, is the smaller one that literally just sits on a tripod of its own and it's very simple it's only like two it's only three hundred dollars or something at the time but it uh you know it's amazing how much mileage i've gotten out of that thing hey, I'll, mike i'll oh, yeah. go ahead uh, i was just going to throw out a recommendation for a site that um i was uh, looking around at and had all kinds of uh cheap stuff like that they have they have cranes and whatnot not i think as cheap mm -hmm. as is what you're talking about but um uh it's called pro aim and i believe their their site is actually pro aim p-r-o-a-i-m shop.com but if you just search for pro aim, um, you'll you'll wind up there eventually. And they've got a whole slew of things, everything from you know LED lighting through to rigs to mat boxes to you know stands and 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 cranes it's and online some tools and all that kind of stuff. And they've they've got all kinds of things. And it's it's uh, out of Hong Kong or whatever. And so it's it's rather scary because the language is a little broken English. There are some yeah. images that don't quite work, and mm. the checkout process feels like you get scammed when you do it because <laughs> it leads you to a page where you're like, wait, did it go through? Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, and then you wait weeks for it to get to you. But um, they do have some pretty cool, um, you know, more affordable kinds of stuff. That's where I got my shoulder rig, which is sort of a shoulder pad and then a, uh, a little mount for your camera and then two little arms. And it's something it oh, like a hundred. Oh, that's not a Zacuto? No, oh. no, that was 150 bucks from ProAim, and cool. uh, I just bought two uh, LED lights um, from them, and uh, I think a couple other things as well. But uh, I've had really good luck finding these sort of cheaper off-brand alternatives of things. Like I got an excellent yeah. follow focus that way, and all kinds just, of stuff. I think it was the same company, the Porridge. They had they, they that I I had one that worked for the camera. I had they had a little remote follow focus thing. It was a universal follow focus where it literally just would spin a wheel and would. You, know, you just you figure out, had to figure out your own way of making it clamp to your camera, mm -hmm. but it would look like you know it would, it would turn your turn your zoom for you, mm -hmm. and then you had a little remote for it. Oh, wireless! You're talking about? Well, it was wired. It was meant oh, okay. to, you but know, you put, could get away from could, it. But like if it was yeah. if it was on the jib or whatever, where you could you could uh, actually pull focus or do a zoom. Got it remotely while it was up on the jib. Hey, Mike, here's one for you. Um, yeah. Can a MacBook edit 4K, or do you need to get a dedicated workstation? Uh, well, you can in quotation marks. Yeah, you you can. 
you can does, edit it. Doesn't Red it do like on... the native proxy thing? That's awesome. And... Not anymore. They don't really bother with that anymore. Um, because they just assume your computer can handle it. Kind of. It seems like uh, that well, was to, so awesome that that happened. To, to be honest, like you really can do it, but you just have to be working on it in like one eighth or one sixteenth resolution. Yeah, you, and then you can pretty much kind of run yeah, around in real time. You don't have to transcode it. Yeah, we'll put it that way. But you can't. You can't work in full four K. You know, a full a full debay or on a MacBook, yeah. Um, and not even really on a workstation unless yeah. you invest in a Red Rocket card, which then is it's like two grand, right? Five. Okay, then. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. That's five why I don't have one. So. I mean, even even Asylum will will bump everything down to HD for their actual posts, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, I mean, you can work on it without having to transcode it, but I mean, not if, just, at if you do an offline, then it doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, as long as you're editing it at 16 and then you just rematch it up with your high-res footage, it's sure. fine. But you can't play it back at 4K. I mean, right. to, to me, just baby's not, toy. To me, just not having to transcode is a delight in that Huge I just take saver. files off of a thing and put it on my computer and, and then I start cutting with it. I mean, yeah. yes, I'm running at it in, in one-eighth resolution, but I can just chop it up and look at it and play it back in real time without having to do a lot of special stuff. Which sort of maybe brings us to the, the other half of gear. It's like, okay, sure, so you, you shot footage. Now what? Um, in terms of your post flow, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and and yes, you can get the fanciest camera in the world, but then you have to get a pretty high end editing rig to to actually be able to put that image on a screen and do anything with it. Um, I, I mean, I think we're pretty much all you know straight Adobe people yeah. in this room, mm-hmm. yeah. From what I understand, yeah. Mike was part of the Final Cut ecosystem for a long time. Well, there, so was but, I. Yeah. Oh, but then they did the whole FCPX thing, which was kind of hard to recover from. Um, to me, the, the the tipping point on that was you know Final Cut's perfectly. Uh, great and everything and then um but you know you can bring in image sequences which is kind of odd i um, thank you thank you yeah, yeah. that's so. been so weird for me the whole time because everyone's like why would i need to i'm like yeah. you're being <laughs> obstinate people deal in frame sequences constantly <laughs> that's right the world is yeah but for me that why the, would you wait the, the minute I, re- I discovered frames and frame sequences as opposed to avis and quick times i was like i'm never walk i'm never going back i why wouldn't you do yeah. it like this yeah, yeah. For me, the, the the main thing that switched me to um, to Premiere was just the fact that you could natively, inherently, seamlessly bring right in red footage and yes. handle it. Yeah, you know, and that was really just like okay. And then I'm like, oh, all the all the shortcuts are the same. All the windows are more or less the same. There's really no learning curve to to jump across from one to the other. And so I said, okay, great. I'm going to stay in the Adobe world here. Anyway, so this has been Down in Front. You can always find more episodes at downinfront.net. Subscribe to us on iTunes. You get a brand new episode every single week. Twitter.com slash Down in Front. Facebook Down in Front Show. Email us at Down in Front Show at gmail.com. Go to the forum where we have an active conversation going on about gear. Well, we will once this thing happens. And we'll tell you all the other cool stuff that we found and things that we forgot. Um, it's also a great community. Be a part of it. Blah, 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 blah. And we announce where the live shows happen, which is also very good. Down in Front.net slash live. But the forum and Twitter will tell you where they're happening. Go to the, oh God, store and buy her a hoodie. Or, you know, just give us PayPal money. Either way, it's great. Holden Hill Design and maintain the website. Until next time, my name is Dick Christie. Ryan Weaver. Mike Scott. is Stoke. And this has been Down in Front. Thank you much for listening. Good night, good night. Go out and make something. Go film something. Yeah. Get some gear. <laughs>